fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds, and you're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and create a pairing experience, both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Buds, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, Well, you're not on the show. I'm on the show. You're listening to the show. But I'm super excited about that, too. Today, we have such a show for you. We looked at the 2013 action drama sci-fi Snowpiercer. It was directed by Bong Joon-ho and features Chris Evans, John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Ed Harris, and Octavia Spencer in a story about a train from the future. So if we're going to do any kind of strain to go with this train, you better believe it's Color Cannabis's Ghost Train Haze, which is a sativa. It's at 19% is the one that we had, and it's a cross between Ghost OG and Neville's Wreck. So if I'm going to be talking about Snowpiercer and I'm going to be smoking Ghost Train Haze, there is no one better to do both of those things with than my guest today. So Daniel, why don't you go ahead and tell us who this guest is and welcome them to the show. My guest today is an actor in both theater, film, and television, playing major roles in production Hope, Drayton, The Mayfield, Theatre Aquarius, and more. He has been a mainstay in workshops for new works. And the theaters he has worked at, he worked at plenty of times. So you know he's talented and fun to have in a room. You may also recognize him from movies like State Like Sleep or New Line Cinema's Hairspray. Recently, he has founded the charcuterie board company Smorgasbord. And if you're in Hamilton, Ontario area, you can order one of the most delicious and beautiful creations being made by this man. He's the absolute definition of hustle, and he is a dear friend and incredible collaborator. I am so thankful to have on the show today, Nick Satimi. Nick, welcome. So, hello. <laughs> How are so you? Buddy? That was such a good. That was such a sweet little intro. Yeah, I'm so working on intros. That's that's a new uh, a new skill that I'm trying to learn in in podcasting is sweet. figuring out stuff. And it's actually fun to like go through like friends' resumes and stuff and be like, what yeah. did this person do? For sure, that's very sweet. Oh, that's cool. I what was your what was your experience working on hairspray? Um, how how was that? It was fun. Um, I say it like it was a, like a question. No, it was fun. Like it was my first uh, major film that I had ever. Um, booked auditioned for um and so it was like very surreal like i got the full hollywood major film and like musical film at that um sure like you know so uh and i only worked on it for i think two and a half weeks where other people like i know there's other people who worked on it for months and months and months but Mm -hmm. in my two and a half weeks it was like so much fun i remember like going up to like my trailer with my, it's like what I was. It was so we. It was b- bananas. Amazing. So. Did it have your your name on it, or did it have the the character name it on the trailer? Had, I think it had my uh, the character name. Cool. 
yeah for sure amazing but do you have a favorite gig from from theater or film or anything that you've done oh god favorite okay i might have two i have two sure so favorite role uh would have to be uh when i played ursula the sea witch yes you looked yeah. amazing in that role. thank you thank you so much it was uh a blast to say the least um <laughs> to play that role and then for theater experience, I would have to say was when I did uh, Monty Python's Spamalot for Drayton. Okay. It was both times because I did two um, incarnations of it. And mm-hmm. just like the group of people, the show itself, the fun, the stupidity, it was truly like I remember because there's points in the show where you kind of break the fourth wall and like talk sure. to the audience mm-hmm. or not talk to it, but you can, they're there. And yeah. I remember like certain times where I would turn out to the audience and be like, like just watching people like buckle over and you're like, yeah, I don't know. It just was like so much fun. And yeah, like I said, the cast was amazing. And that was my favorite theater experience. Yeah. That's an addicting feeling. Hey, get being the person who provides the laughter to that many people. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. No wonder we have egos. Yeah. <laughs> like, Look how we control them. So. <laughs> Peons on our feet. Right. So, Nick Satini, tell me about your first experience with cannabis. Oh, my God. Uh, first experience with cannabis was. Yeah. I remember it specifically. It was at a house party. I was grade eight going into grade nine and was at just a summer party. And I always tended to be the youngest person there and everyone around me, like friends, wives were older. Sure. I always just had that, like, I never, kind of never grew up, like, hung out with people my own age, not until, like, later, but then that was when, like, maturity kind of matched whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I remember there's just a group of people were just chilling on a blanket, and I went over, and they're like, hey, do you want to smoke some weed? I was like, I've never smoked weed. <laughs> um, they're like, oh, and I was like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you just inhale and, you know, hold it for a bit and then exhale and, you know, and just enjoy it. I was like, okay sure so I did and then I remember asking somebody what time is it and they're like oh it's like 11 o'clock again grade eight going into grade nine so I'm a baby yeah yeah. and I'm like I was like is there a car at the front door and they're like yeah it's a van I was like oh fuck I was like (laughs) I was like my dad's here already so (laughs) I am stoned getting into the car with my father and he's like how was the party i was like it's great just like internally like being like you're fine yeah. but like out i'm just like sweating just profusely <laughs> like so that was my first experience so i wouldn't say it was like the best because i was was abruptly interrupted sure uh but that was my first experience that is a that's a horrifying turn of events when you go from this is the first time experiencing what this what cannabis does to my body to how do I act sober? Because yeah. never once in my sober life have I thought, how do I act more sober right, right. now than I am? Yeah. And we all know that when you say that to yourself, you know, you're already fucked. 
because you're gone. you're done you're, you're done. done you're done you're <laughs> like that scene in wolf of wall street where leonardo dicaprio like he's like i drive he drove home he went to bed it was perfectly fine cut to reality where you're just like he's like falling like, like, over the car and <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally, oh, oh my god that's how i picture it that's how i picture yeah. it I, i'm like i am sober i am perfectly fine meanwhile i'm like speaking in tongues just like, hey, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after that first experience did you did you get into it like right oh, away after that or did that experience sort of put put the brakes on you for it, a second it was a bit brave like i was like ah you know we'll hold on yeah. just because yeah I, I was definitely like oh we'll take a a pause but later on yeah. in high school yeah definitely like I, I ended up having a group of friends and like some of them were like you know would say aficionados yes. uh, and so that's when I started to partake a lot more amazing yeah so today we we smoked uh from color cannabis mm-hmm. ghost train haze what did you think what were your thoughts um it was it was nice. I never uh, felt like I was, um, you know, sometimes where you feel like you're out of body, you're like, whoa, like, you know, this yeah. was definitely like, I was present, I was grounded, um, mm-hmm. but it was just like, everything was calm. Like I, there was just a calm about everything. And so um, it was, and it was great. And also very smooth. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, this is very, uh, because sometimes you smoke and you're just like, ooh, like and you get the cops. Yeah, this was like, like yeah, this was like, oh, okay, great. Like, is it there? Am I inhaling? Like, what's happening? But it was sure. great. I liked it a lot. Fantastic. How was it rolled? Because you you got the pre roll, right? I got the pre rolled. Uh, How was it? Did it burn well? Was it? Uh, uh, yeah, burnt really well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, very well. So well rolled. Well rolled. Yep, it was good. It was nice. Sweet. Yeah, it's a sativa dominant. I, I read that it, and I, I experienced this while while smoking it. The um the first onset effects, like my first round of smoking, was very, like you said, like really present, really like um heady effects, but like I, I knew where I was and I knew what I was doing and what I was thinking. Like the the psychoactive effect was not as pronounced Mm -hmm. but i did feel like relaxed and like ready to do something like if i needed to wash the dishes or like uh, do some work i could probably have done it um but then as i continued smoking it through the night there was like a sharp drop off like at almost like an indica where it it, is just like your system is like okay i'm i'm done for me it was I, i went to sleep like like an anchor it was amazing yeah oh definitely i was like same like exact same experience i was like you know once the movie was done and like everything i was cleaning up i was like oh i feel great but then all of a sudden it's just like and good night nurse <laughs> and the next thing i knew i was like oh my god it's 6 a.m like I, <laughs> I like passed out which i yeah is what you kind of want like you want a good like heavy like you do, you don't want it to come on before you're ready to go to bed exactly but yeah. th- th- you know with this podcast you're watching a movie that's probably the event of the night anyway so yeah and if you're watching it then you yeah. go to bed yeah. it's nice exactly so <laughs> so it's a uh it, the thc yield is usually for color between 15 and 19 percent mm-hmm. the one that i got was uh sitting around 18 percent, and that was really nice for me Okay, mine is THC fourteen point six. Hey, that's that's low for them, but you know what? Like the effect is pretty. 
I felt good. I mean, yeah, for mine, I was I was very pleased mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. amount of THC. And um, it's a, a, a it's a cross between Ghost OG and Neville's Wreck. Yes. Neither one of which I've had before. I I've had, I think I've had something Ghost, but I'm trying to remember what it was. I and I I don't Neville's Wreck. I've never even heard of before, yeah. so I'm interested to. I want to know what happened to Neville. That's Neville, what happened, guy? <laughs> You're like he's running the Titanic. Yeah, he's like I was. Sad story. This is what Neville. happened? Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, and now, okay, tell me this. Okay. When they put like floral notes, spice, like do you, do you actually taste that? Because for I will be honest, no. Honestly, the when I'm burning free uh, roll, mm-hmm. because you're using a lighter usually, like you're you're getting the butane and the the fire uh-huh. of the smoke in the thing. So it's for me. Uh, I like I I know some people who only smoke joints and they absolutely swear like yeah I can okay figure out all the notes or whatever in. But I don't really get the taste unless I'm vaporizing it. Once I'm vaporizing oh. it, then the fire in that is not it's there. Gone. There's other ways. Yeah, you can do it burning too. There's like, um, we sell it at, I'm, I'm a bud tender at Super Ed right now. Oh, amazing. And we sell these like wine, like hemp uh, wicks. Yes. Okay. I saw this because I'm a TikToker. Uh, <laughs> this was on TikTok of like people using the the wire wick. So that's how they they uh, uh, get around the idea of having the butane flame right against the bud. Gotcha. So the fire from the twine, actually, or the, the, the hemp, uh, uh, goes into there, and you can actually get a lot more of the taste out of it. The taste out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. How interesting. But oh, the other, cool. the other way you can do it, if you get a pre-roll, um, <clears throat> someone just told me about this a few days ago, which I tried, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Is they'll take a pull from it before they even light it, so you just put it in your mouth and. <sighs> suck in and you actually get like some of the taste and some of the aroma of the yeah yeah yeah. oh i've been doing that from then and then when you start burning it the more you obviously the more experience you have and stuff you start to go okay i I can tell when i'm yeah yeah, yeah. smoking something that has more of a citrusy or more of a a, a spice because i feel like this one said it was like uh citrus and then some spice now yeah okay so okay yes i said that i don't but like just before i smoked this a little bit i was like oh i was like it does have a little bit like herbaceous i mean i understand weed's a plant but there was definitely yeah. like there's a difference between like uh a, a, like spice like when you have spices you're like oh i can that's like something so yeah the uh the terpene profile for it uh, uh it's very terpinaline forward okay so terpinaline is like the herbal floral terpene found in apples lilacs and nutmeg okay so i that's something that i don't see a lot of in in the strains that we uh, that i've been smoking or that uh, is carried in the store and usually it's not as forward as it is with this one right but i did get a sense of the the kind of uh the the floralness of it the the kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. aftertaste of an apple oh, okay um and then right after that is the mercy and mercy is the the terpene that is most the most common terpene that's found in cannabis gotcha. and it has that kind of like earthy like almost dirt taste to it uh okay okay so usually when you're smelling weed or, or smoking it that's the the taste or the smell that's gonna hit you forward anyways gotcha 
okay. uh, and then it's got a little bit of limonene, which is the citrus and calming and stress relief. Gotcha. Which is interesting to have in a sativa because usually that's a limonene is really really present in because uh, because that's what you're hoping to have, right? You're hoping yeah. to have a relaxing. The relax as opposed to the other part that's yeah. like keeps you going. Absolutely. Hmm. All right. So Ghost Train Haze, did you did you like it? Would you buy it again? Uh, yeah, I would buy it again. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely right. like, yeah, yep, 100%. I would definitely get it again. I like the high of it. I like, uh, it's like, it, it's just, you're able to do things. Like, you can, yeah. you know, it's a good, it's a nice, easy smoke. Yeah. So. I've got some some editing and stuff I'm going to be doing this week. So I think I'm going to be kicking this around for a while. Yeah. Get up, do a bunch of work, get fucking ripped on that, and then have an indica to close out the day. Yeah, perfect. Nice. All right. So we're coming up to the end of our first segment, Nick. Now, okay. this is a game. Oh, boy. So you ready You ready for a game? Sure. I, <laughs> that was the most unsure sure I've ever heard. Yes, I am absolutely prepared. <laughs> this is a really easy one. It's, it's going to be great. So the movie that we watched for this episode was? Snowpiercer. That's right. And this is a segment that's called Minute to Win It. Minute to Minute. Minute to Minute. So this is where you, Nick Satini, are going to summarize the plot of Snowpiercer. And you have one minute to do it. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. There's a lot. That's a lot. About, it's about a train? It's about a train. Okay, sure. <laughs> you ready? Yep. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Nick Satimi, what happens in Snowpiercer? Go. So in trying to correct global warming, a deep freeze has happened across the world, and civilization has all died except for this train full of people. There is obviously class system still going on, and the back of the train is the poorest, and they are trying to move to the front of the engine and you know take control and take their power back and uh, have balance in the world. That's wicked. Have and so uh, Chris Evans is uh, uh, the leader of the... Chris Evans? I mean, the cast was ridiculous. And every time another person would come on screen, I would be like, <gasps> like, and I don't know why I was like verbally shocked because it's just like, but I was like, what is this cast of people? But we'll get into that. <laughs> we will. So you got nine seconds. What else do you want to say? Ooh, uh, nine seconds. Um, uh, um, oh, it is, uh, so it is something that you can. I, oh, uh, oh, this is not good. <laughs> Your time's up, anyways. We'll be right back. Stick around for Let's Pogar with Nixon TV. Nixon TV, we are back to talk about the movie. We watched Snowpiercer. We watched Snowpiercer. It's directed by Bong Joon-ho. Have you seen any other Bong Joon-ho movies? Okay, I did not. Here's the here's the crazy part is that okay. I knew the film. I didn't know the film. Let me explain that I knew the show from Netflix that is based on this film. So I was but like, you oh. had seen that first? I had seen the TV show, for, like uh, started watching the Netflix show first. And then I was like, oh, well, let's take a look at the source material. Sure. So I didn't know who directed it. Right. And then when his name popped up on the screen, I was like, why does the name sound so familiar? And then upon further investigation, I'm like, oh, 
excellent. Okay, cool. So uh, he's done some. He's done some things. Yeah, man. His. I, I was really surprised actually to read because obviously we're we're Canadians up here, so we're saturated with the American market. Mm-hmm. But I really did think that this was like a Hollywood film, mm-hmm. but it's like he's still running it from Korea. Like they shot in Prague and Austria and stuff, yeah. but he brought his crew over from uh-huh. Korea. And yeah. that's really interesting to, for him to be able to take the, the American stars that will play overseas and that will play in the U S and, and people that people will recognize to put on the poster, but then be able to do his own version of what an action movie would be. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, that was something I definitely wrote last night in my notes uh, that I like scribbled. I haven't even looked at them from last night. Cause I'm like, I am so scared to try to even decipher uh, was, I was just like, is this like, is this an Hollywood action film or is this like an, uh, like a, a different type of action film? Like the stylized, yeah. cause it's like very like, like, is it an Asian action film? Cause like certain camera shots and edits, I was like, hold on. I'm like, yeah. the actors and everyone are American, but like the editing of this is vastly different. So and holding on moments too. Like it, I, I felt like I, there was one great story that I read about um, the, the, like they, they uh, he, he uh, Bong Joon-ho had clashes with Weinstein who uh, produced this movie. I can't, why? And who's that? <laughs> and he, uh, Weinstein was famous for taking overseas directors and then, cutting their movie down to be marketable for american audiences so that he can release it and make a bunch of money so he was constantly bringing bong joon ho and saying okay we trimmed this and we want more chris evans and we this scene with the rabbit or or the fish rather like putting the blood of the fish on the on the axes while they're just like waiting what's going to happen we we don't understand that scene what's what's going on with that scene and constantly would have uh uh people come in to do these like test screenings and Bong Joon-ho was like you can absolutely do that but let me have my own test screening in LA uh with my cut that played overseas already right and so he was like fine do that whatever and Weinstein kept cutting down cutting down cutting down doing new crowds and new crowds and all of them hated it like it just wasn't scoring very well and Bong Joon-ho's that played in LA was scored perfectly so right oh no oh fuck you this is a telemarketer is trying to call me right now oh my god that's my favorite this is a nightmare we should we should answer it hold on hello you're on let's bogart oh they hung up they hung up they they were like no we don't we are not partaking So Weinstein comes to him and says, hey, we want to uh, uh, cut this uh, fish scene because what the fuck is this fish scene? Yeah. And Bong Joon-ho was so sick of him by that point that he says, listen, the, the fish scene is in there as a tribute to my father, who was a fisherman. So it really means a lot to me it, that we have this part in it. And Weinstein goes, oh, okay, well, you know what? We'll give you this one because you're and whatever and Bong Joon-ho now that Weinstein's disgraced has told the story I've been like my father's not a fisherman I don't <laughs> I didn't go up I just oh, want to cut the, the scene my god that is <laughs> he's like it, my father it's deeply rooted please yeah. understand 
and that idiot's just like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God, that's amazing. Taking him for a total ride. I love I it. I can't. That's amazing. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a worse fucking guy. Oh my God. No kidding. So I also, yeah, taking, taking his time with moments like that, where they're really ratcheting up the tension of, yeah. because we're so used to seeing like Marvel films and, and, uh, uh action movies with like bruce willis and stuff american yeah. action really wants to like get to it like oh, you just need to like like constantly michael bay like he's like sure yeah yeah oh you know? like look at the any of the transformer franchise it's just like limited story massive action scenes where this is like yeah. the polar opposite yeah they really before the action takes place they really want you to understand what it means what the yeah. stakes of it are what the what the people who have not uh, are thinking right. in those moments. Right. I think it's really, it's really smart and it connects you more to the characters so that when you've got these amazing action sequences going on and there's some really great action set pieces for an oh, action movie yeah. in this movie, yeah. but you care about who the characters are and where they are in space and what is happening emotionally in the scene. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, That's what you felt. Yeah. Okay. I have to like so okay let's just did you enjoy this film yeah I loved it I I I really do I think like what I like about it is this is a guy who understands genre I think like he uh, he hit the scene with the host which was this like Korean monster movie yeah. And he, and it was horror. And you could tell this is a guy who really cares about horror, but has a different end to it. And I feel like Snowpiercer was him doing like a Hollywood action film, his, but saying, his, right. Yeah. But it's, but it, keeping it more about the philosophy and keeping it about the politics of it and keeping it about things that he as a filmmaker cares about mm-hmm. and tries to inject into the characters that he's dealing with. Gotcha. So that when he does Parasite, it's completely genreless almost. And yeah. he, he throw that all away because he's proven to the gatekeepers of uh, the movie industry worldwide that he yeah. can do basically anything. Anything. He'll take anything. And I, that's so fun. Fair have you, did you see Parasite? I haven't. Isn't that crazy? I have not seen it. I want to. It's worth it. It's yeah. really worth it. It's it's a hard sit through. Like I think all of Bong Joon Ho, like Okja was was like entertaining. But then is that the one about like the the food, the elephant like thing like that her farmed? Yeah, yeah, that's his. I see. I didn't. Yeah. I love that film. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So good. Love it. So I want to set the scene for you. So I'm outside, smoking a joint, thinking about Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. and the it was so cold in Toronto so cold that the joint i brought an ashtray out to like put it out because it was one of those big like one gram things i yeah smoke one gram joint so i was ready to like stub it out and the cold kept putting the the joint out and i was like oh like this is <laughs> this is this is what they must have felt on the snow piercer certainly this is i'm getting into the i'm feeling it feeling it spiritually i'm feeling it spiritually while i smoke out here and it's like <laughs> Freeze, freeze the end of the joint. So did you like Snowpiercer? Okay. So, Tell me about your experience. Um, I, because of the way that the Netflix show is filmed, I was under the impression 
that I was going into, like, I'll just, an American action film. Sure. And let me tell you that being high and watching <laughs> this film, I was not prepared for <laughs> most of the things that were happening on the screen. So I haven't seen the TV show. Is it? Is it, it not is like awful. the film? It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. What I found interesting about the film, and like I've watched the first couple of episodes of the TV show, let's just say I right. shan't continue. Um, sure. Was that they were bringing in the front of the train, whereas the film strictly taught it's just about the back of the train and that's it. Like there's no and we only know about the idea of the front of the train from the perspective of the yeah, people in the of back. The people at the back, and then when you sure. when they're moving towards the front of the train, um, that's when you start to see. We're on the TV show, like you know what the front of the train looks like. You know what the engines uh. like. It's like all these kind of things um, uh, that the movie definitely keeps tucked away yeah um which is better like i mean sure i don't care well, yeah. it gives you a physical way of like of plotting out your film like the the story is going from the very back of the train to the very front of the train like yeah. there's a finite goal in mind for this revolution yeah. and as you're going through and seeing that the horrors of the back of the train and then moving from that into the beauty and opulence of the right. front of the train yeah it makes those moments so horrifying to yeah. know that they're just like keeping an aquarium full of fish. beautiful fish so that they can look at them meanwhile everyone in the back is eating cockroaches yeah oh like my god the cockroaches oh Which which I died laughing because I'm like, when was this movie filmed? Oh, 2013. Cut to like yeah. now where it would be a whole segment on like like the talk or the view being like, how to eat with bugs. And you're like, <laughs> but Chris Evans was so disgusted. He's like, oh, I was like, okay, he's acting. He's acting hard. <laughs> uh, and when you get the reveal later on in the movie that they were eating people, like <gasps> it is disgusting to eat cockroaches the, but like the speech his like single like the single scarring moment in his life when he talks about that and he's worried about cockroaches yeah he's Thank like you. i know that babies taste best i was like chris evans oh. what is happening oh it's a horrifying speech i love the writing of that okay oh Oh, it was brutal. Okay, I love. Okay, the speech. The speech. The one thing about the speech is that he plays a little drama game, yeah. which is like very, I think, like theater school monologue, which is like telling the story about this person that we know and this other person that we know and this unnamed man. Oh my god! That older man was the person that we know, and that man was me. Was me. I was like. <laughs> I was like, Chris, we knew that from the beginning when you were telling the story. Otherwise, who gives a fuck? Why would you be telling the story if you were not involved? Like, he's like, that, oh no, it was the baby was, uh, what's the kid who died, the Jamie Bell or Jamie Bell's uh, character. Yeah, yeah. The baby <laughs> and the man was me. I was like, I am too deep in my high right now to be dealing with this. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> and then okay so so on that same part right there when he tells yeah. his story and then the man who's like doing the doors throughout the whole train like yeah, the yeah. One who designed the doors mm -hmm. okay were there subtitles i didn't have subtitles no 
Okay. I did. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Cause I did. No. I like watched, I, I found like a link to it. Sure. Like, uh, so there's no subtitle. He does this whole story that you just don't know what he's telling. Maybe that's because of the links that we found. I've I've had that happen to me a few times now on streaming oh services. Okay, I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna take a look around. I'm, I'm gonna take see. a look. I want. I wonder because I'd seen it before and I can't. I can't remember there being subtitles, but okay, I was probably wild. high then too. So I. Oh I well, there, not we here we go. Um, there you go. Then I thought that too. I'm like, am I high that the subtitles are gone? <laughs> I'm just supposed to know what he's saying. There was a movie I watched almost the entirety of thinking that there was no subtitles and going oh what an interesting approach was it the new borat i know i had that moment so, <laughs> no it was not. Oh, okay because like i was watching it you didn't get i didn't get i had amazon prime like obviously uh-huh. okay he's high I, I started it and they were speaking uh, in kazakhstan sure uh, the, uh they were speaking and i'm like yeah. oh no subtitles i'm like oh it must be whatever so then i was like i'm gonna just put it on the closed captioning uh-huh and english and, like, and there's full fucking subtitles and words dialogue that was information would have been lovely to know i was like <laughs> and we're restarting okay great. yeah great <laughs> so okay uh, anyway we'll have to i'll have to hunt and see if i can find that scene because i just found it wild that it was this whole thing of him speaking but there was like no a, subtitles not a subtitle to be seen I, apparently, because the movie opened for a year overseas before it came to the U.S., uh, Bong Joon-ho was really excited about the idea of coming to a country where they don't need to subtitle the English speaking right. because there's so much of it in this one so that it travels, right? Yeah, yeah. Craziness. It's got a 94% Rotten Tomatoes. I read score. that. I read that. I was like, that's pretty. That that's high. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, <laughs> I think watching this movie after parasite has come out and done the the business that it did and right. won the academy award and stuff it's hard to go back to like bong joon ho proving himself to the the to market the, right to the suits yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a little it's it, sometimes the, the the like the action sequences were beautiful and so many of them being a metaphor for being lower class like when they turn out the lights and when they're going through the tunnel and everyone has the night vision goggles yeah like that's what it's like it's like fighting people with axes who have night vision goggles and you can't see anything that's yeah. what the the struggle against the rich is like yeah exactly so i loved all of that but so much of the sequences have to be action so that it, it remains an action movie. action film yeah and then there was times where i was like I, i'm not really learning a lot from this action and the action isn't exactly like 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 the raid redemption or something like that is where that the action is the star we've got it's, the best people in stunts right now doing the yeah. craziest things that they can think of yeah, this the action, oh. like the action or the moments that were happening that were full of action just tended mm-hmm. to, yeah, there was no like furthering of truly anything. It was like all action, like uh, all action stopped for the action. <laughs> yeah, know? like uh, because this like, what he does is makes the star of the show is the politics and exactly. the 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 characters. Right, we yeah. want to get back to that story because he's doing so well with those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Like that's who we're following. Yeah. Oh, John Hurt. Fucking uh 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 Tilda Swinton. Oh was my incredible. okay, hold on. I'm just gonna Love. open I'm gonna open my notes really 
And let's just see. Yeah, definitely cannot understand a single one of them. <laughs> uh, what did I? And then I wrote Tilda, fucking Swinton. When she came on the screen, I was like, "This bitch is doing it." She's like, "Yeah." Firstly, she wasn't in the same film as everyone else, and that's okay. oh, completely different. I loved it. Yeah, she was like, uh, "She's like, oh, what's the what's the director she usually works with a lot of?" Um, oh, he's very stylized. Oh, it's like Grand Budapest Hotel and oh, uh, Wes Anderson. What? Yeah, she's like, I'm in a Wes Anderson, and they're like, we're not filming it that way. She's like, excellent. Give me my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I need these glasses. I need this wig. I need these teeth. Now, just let me just like. I know that you guys are in a big thing, but it's yeah. really important that you guys calm down. Yeah, everyone, please. I'm giving you my best Johnny Depp in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory impression. <laughs> please. <laughs> Like, and the tone of that casualness and that like humor and almost like just kind of like like uh, her time is being wasted yeah. while sticking the guy's oh, arm outside arm. to freeze off and then hammer off. Oh, it was horrifying. horrifying. It was such a smart. And if she had been like the heavy, right? I think that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. No, not at all. Like she, well, she played it that way. The woman who came in with the yellow, I thought. The younger woman who like takes the kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought she was going to be like that that role, but then when sure. Tilda came, because I was like, "Who is this woman?" But then when Tilda yeah. came on the screen, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." It was wild. She, Anytime I, she came on the screen, I was dead. Oh, absolutely. Apparently, that role was written for John C. Riley. Oh. And they uh, uh, something happened with that, and he wanted to work with Tilda Swinton, and they came in and they just decided to leave all of her pronouns as like sir because okay. she keeps getting referred to as that. Yeah. Right? Cause, yeah so they yeah. they cast her and just didn't change anything in the script, which I think was really cool. Okay, because I caught that when they were like, "Sir, you can speak now," and then I was yeah. like, "Wait, is she?" But then I was like, "Oh, okay, that's to that futuristic." thing where it's like everyone is so ambiguous as to what sexuality is and everything sure um i was like oh it's 2020 they may be eating babies but they're really forward thinking they're yeah he in 2013 this film was ahead of its time truly uh but like yeah i thought i did catch that and again i thought am i high or did they just say so oh that's very cool he uh um Jamie Bell's character is named Edgar. Apparently, yes. that's a tribute to Edgar Wright. Okay. Who Bong Joon Ho was a fan of. And oh. John Hurt's character is Gilliam, yes. which is Terry. Is which is who? Terry Gilliam. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah, yeah. So he's just like making like cheeky little things while dealing with like really serious subject matter and dealing with crazy like like personal and, and world politics right. and <laughs> he's just making like oh and make him gilliam because i love terry gilliam uh, yeah love him <laughs> oh yeah john hurt as when because oh, you don't notice any like when he's having that first conversation with um, chris evans character yeah. uh yeah you don't notice any of like the appendages yeah and then when the next scene when he stands up and it's like i was like where what the what does is any of him real yeah, like, you know, every the way that information is doled out, like only what you need to know for this scene to have the most emotional impact. Yeah, I think it's really smart 
and very smart talks to its craft i think it's really great oh for sure for sure <laughs> uh yeah john hurts john we've been watching uh, uh have you ever seen jim henson's the storyteller no it's like an old like it was 90s maybe 90s tv show that okay. jim henson made with okay. uh, uh in conjunction with uh, this director where they took old fairy tales and made them like uh, uh that Muppet, Muppet version. versions, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was really fun. And John Hurt is the narrator through all of them. Oh, just that. such a lovely man. I know he's so great. Uh, he has he, yeah, such a good part. Like, I don't, yeah, I liked, but yeah, he was great. So, the one thing about this movie that I thought was like a little 2013 oh, was, <laughs> yeah, I. I like business wise, I understood why they would need Chris Evans in this role because he's a movie star and whatever. But it does make the story that he's where Bong Joon Ho is trying to include people of other races. Right. It does make everyone need to sacrifice for the white protagonist who's oh going to make God. it. Right. Right. He's everyone's having to like, well, and then I took off my arm and you need to be the one to get and he lets Jamie Bell get killed and everybody is sacrificing so that this one guy can eventually kill himself and everybody but like and everybody yeah, yeah. it's, it's so a little true. little 2013 very <laughs> um what else i'm trying to think of what else oh my god i um, covered a lot of it well, I know jamie doing. bell and chris evans are both fantastic fours oh they are both fantastic fours aren't they Chris Evans was a, a, a human torch and Jimmy Bell was the thing in one of them. Oh, yes. That's pretty fun. That's fun. Jamie Bell is the kind of actor that I wanted to be when I was younger. Okay. Like, he seems like he, like the most intense person in, oh. the, in any scene that he's in. It right. feels like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, like James Dean kind of like, I, I'm going to come in and I'm going to have stuff that's going on, even though the, the camera's not really on me or anything. Like, yeah. Just like he's all, he's just like, so at like 1000 <laughs> at, at, at all times. And you're like, okay, uh, Jamie, if just, um, if you, he's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you think, do you think he, he's Billy Elliot, right? Yeah. 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 That's what I wrote. I was like, Billy Elliot. Yeah, Billy Elliot's real intense and killing people now. It's great. <laughs> oh my god, some of his dialogue was so funny when he was like trying to like calmly do something, and he was just like, Let's, I, I can't even remember. Like, he just like snaps. I was like, okay, that's funny. Yeah, it's very tense. It's a very tense way to live. I oh, can't imagine. God, he must sleep like a rock. <laughs> All right. Well, this comes to the end of this segment. We're gonna do another game. Nick, okay. are you ready? I think so. Yes, I am. All right. So this is the rapid fire round. Okay. So just first thing comes to your mind or uh, uh, we'll talk about it. It'll be fun. I, I said last time, okay, this is the problem with running a cannabis podcast. I said I was going to come up with a good name for the rapid fire round. Mm -hmm. Last time I did a taping and I still haven't still, figured one out. Like, a, so I like have a cannabis. Like a quick burn cannabis. Like, yeah, you don't want to say like quick burn because then that sounds like a... Like it's like, you're gonna insult people it's like yeah whatever. like a yeah. insulting thing um quick talk like a, a, a one hitter 
No, because it's uh, it's not. Uh, it's many questions it's all many, within all within a like a time slot. Um, like a like a oh, what's a, sh- a shotgun? Isn't that a thing that people do with weed? Shotgun, yeah, yeah, sure. Where you yeah. you take it in and then put it into somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds dirtier than I meant it to be. It came Usually out so you're just like, mouth. and this is it. And this is yeah. what that is. Yeah, in the mouth. In the mouth. Obviously in the mouth, Daniel. <laughs> Obviously in the mouth. What else are you gonna do? Are you? What There's is- ways. Yeah. Give me your All right. Ways. Okay. All right, we're gonna do rapid fire. Okay. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Please of glory. Number one. Are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or hybrid or diebred? Uh, hybrid. Hybrid. Yeah. Favorite movie featuring cannabis? Oh, uh, la, 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 a Pineapple Express. Oh, nice. Fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Uh, oh, uh, Elaine Stritch. Nice. Fictional or real place you'd want to smoke? The Maldives. Nice. Movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. Labyrinth. If Jareth just had like a full joint and he was just going on. Right. Your eyes can be so cruel. Like, tell me I'm wrong. Come on. You can't. That'd be amazing. Can you, uh, uh, can you make the sound of your favorite, favorite cannabis consumption method? Make the sound? Make the sound of it. Oh, fuck. Um, make the sound? Uh, um. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> God. Amazing. We're going to be right back, and we're going to either pop or pass on Snowpiercer. Don't go anywhere. We're here with Nick Satimi in just a few. And now it's time for a segment called, What Does My Mom Think? where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. Hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? Just great. Yeah. How about you? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm excited about this one today. So the episode that we did today was uh, Snowpiercer. So based on that title, what do you think that movie would be about? Snowpiercer. Uh, somebody's doing an expedition to the North Pole. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not that far off. So the the actual movie is a, a Bong Joon Ho film where um, the uh, uh, human beings tried to uh, help a, a, a global weather catastrophe um, and ended up freezing the entire uh, uh, world. So it's uninhabitable by people. So a mass extinction of people. And then all the rest of the people have been stuffed into a bullet train that is uh, keeping heat going by traveling around the world over and over and over again. And the people at the back are all the poor people and the people at the front are all the rich people. So this movie is about the people who are being mistreated in the back making their way to the front of the train to to take over. Hmm. So does that sound like a movie that you would want to check out? Uh, sure, that might be interesting. Okay. All right. Now, the, the guide, the parent's guide that tells us what is appropriate and inappropriate in this movie goes like such. Um, 
<clears throat> there are about three mild sexual references. Um, violent fight sequences with knives, swords, and other melee weapons involving many people scenes are infrequent. Uh, a couple of characters are shot. One is shot off screen and the other is shot on screen with a bit of blood spattering the shooter's face. Uh, a, machine, a character shoots and kills a lot of people in a variety of minutes. And one antagonist is seemingly invincible, having lived through several fights and being stabbed a few times. And he is finished by having his neck broken. Uh, the profanity is moderate, fairly frequent, but not pervasive. Usages of various derogatory terms. 15 to 20 F words. Um, the alcohol and drugs, two main characters are addicted to a fictional drug known as Chronol and frequently sniff it. Its appearance is similar to clay blocks. And frightening intense scene, the entire film is rather intense and depressing. Many scenes go from quiet to loud very quickly, giving a sense of claustrophobia. And the fight sequences, although not very graphic or bloody, are still intense. So does that make it you want to see it more or less? Far less. <laughs> <laughs> that somehow makes sense knowing what I know about you and your uh, uh, movie watching habits. So what I smoked for this one with my buddy was Ghost Train Haze from Color Cannabis. Does that something like, sound like something you would want to try? No, but now I'm starting to wonder if you need to smoke all this shit. I mean, stuff before you can watch these movies. Probably. <laughs> There's probably a good uh, a good uh, amount of uh, allowing me to enjoy the intensity oh, okay. <laughs> by putting Go me at ease it. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my my guest for this episode was uh, Nick Satimi, um, a, a, a friend of mine that you haven't met, but is a wonderful guy who is very very sweet to everyone he meets and is a wonderful actor. So if he were to come over to your home for the first time, you met him, how would you welcome him? Uh, what's his name again? Nick Satimi. Nick. Okay. Hi, Nick. Yes, Daniel told me you were coming. Sure, come on in. Have a seat. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Mom. Well, you're very welcome, Daniel. Nice to speak with you. Nice to speak with you, too. Oh, can you tell all my listeners thanks for tuning in? Oh, yes. And thanks once again for tuning in to this episode. Nick, we're back. Our uh, 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 Snowpiercer, there's some, there's some great elements. There's some not-so-great elements. We were high on Ghost Train Haze while we were watching it. Given all of this, Nick. Snowpiercer, puff or pass? Puff or pass? I'm going to have to pass. Oh, interesting. I am. I'm going to have to pass. I am glad that I saw it. I can now put it into like the anthology, uh, anthology, anthology, anthology of, um, you know, the director's, like all of his work and know like, so I can have like a kind of a, place of where he was at that time but um yeah i will have to pass i uh i i i i'm gonna say puff but with the with the caveat that if you haven't seen parasite and you're trying to decide which one to watch obviously watch parasite parasite is 
everything that this movie is and a little bit more and a little bit more unexpected. Mm -hmm. There's stuff from this movie that watching in 2020, uh, uh, what they were doing in 2013 to like push the envelope. Uh, there's great elements. You'll enjoy yourself if you do puff, but it's, it's just nothing compared to what is about to come. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I love it. Love it. Puff from me, pass from Nick Satimi. Nick, Yes. where can people follow and uh, uh, check you out? Oh, online? they can follow me on Instagram, uh, on Nick Satimi, just uh, my name. And then, you know, I'm on Facebook as well. I don't know if people plug Facebook, but I'm on there as well if you want to be friends. Yeah, yeah. and then, like you said at the start, I have my little charcuterie business that is uh, kicking off. So that's Smorgasbord uh, Charcuterie Hamilton, because there's a few. So I just make sure that everyone knows Hamilton. Um, And you can see what I'm doing there. But yeah, you know, just... uh, You've got to go and see it. It's a beautiful Instagram too. Oh, thanks. Thank your you. your work on it is absolutely spectacular. So even if you're not in the Hamilton area, if you're listening to this and you're in Timbuktu, Canada, go check it out. It's yeah. a it's a great Instagram, and Nick is making some great content over there. Nick, thank you so so much for being on the show. You, this was friend. such a pleasure. Oh, I love getting to talk to you. I know. I love talking I to hope you. We'll we'll do it again sometime, even without a, a show to do. Okay, perfect. A huge thank you to my mom for being on the show. You can follow her nowhere because she is not online. Uh, big thank you to my friend JJ Thompson for the theme music off the top that he produced. If you want to follow his exploits, both musical and otherwise, follow him at, on Instagram at JJ and his dog. A huge, huge thank you to my guest today, Nick Satimi. He is at N Satimi. S-E-T-T-I-M-I on Instagram and his smorgasbord charcuterie is, you can find on Instagram at smorgasbord underscore charcuterie. I'm not going to spell those for you because I do not know how to spell them off the top of my head. Well, buds, thank you so much for sticking around. There's a new episode coming out next Thursday, so please subscribe, like, share, uh, uh, leave us a review or a rating. Uh, all of that helps us to get the word out about the show. And uh, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, at Let's Bogart on Instagram, at Let's Bogart on Twitter, and Let's Bogart on Facebook. If, you're, if you don't have any of those, you just go to www.danielwilliston.com slash podcast and reach out to us. Let us know, is there a strain you want us to review? Is there a movie you'd like us to take in? Or do you just want to tell us that we're wrong or right about the things that we talked about today? That's the place to do it. So give us a like or a subscribe and a follow. Uh, and you can find out all the things that we're going to be talking about next week where we have a great guest, a great movie, and a great strain. So join us next week when we Bogart once more.